Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I, I think the three greatest adventures of my life have been four years cycling around the world because that was just epic and it was my first big adventure. Then walking around the M25 for a week because that launched me thinking about micro adventures and a completely new way of adventure and then a month busking through Spain because that taught me that my definition of adventure could be very flexible and it was a brilliant experience. Welcome to Terra Incognita, the adventure podcast. In this dispatch we sit down with Al Humphreys. Um, we recorded with Al late last year in his shed south of London and Al was actually the first ever guest we featured on the podcast. Hopefully you've had the chance to listen to our first feature with Al which gives you some idea of who he is and his career to date. He's written a number of brilliant books and in this dispatch he explains what his latest book is, why he wrote it and why you don't need a ski plane and an ice cap to have an adventure. I decided in 20, well, how should I start this? Okay, so I guess I should start with this book. This book is, uh, As I Walked Out, One Midsummer Morning by Laurie Lee. It's a very battered version because this is my original copy um, with my student style writing in the front, um, which I bought at uni. Laurie Lee, um, this is the book that followed on from Side with Rosie, which lots of us had to read at school. This book I picked up in a charity shop in, in Oxford on the recommendation of a friend of mine. And it's about a young guy who sets out, well, on the back says it was 1934. A young man walked to London from the security of the Cotswolds to make his fortune. He used to live by playing the violin um, and by a year's labouring on a London building site. And that bit's fine, but this is the bit that I like. Then, knowing one Spanish phrase, he decided to see Spain. For a year, he tramped through a country in which the signs of impending civil war were clearly visible. And I read this book and I loved it. And ever since I first read it, um, in the year uh, when I was training to be a teacher, I thought, I'd love to go do that trip. Wouldn't it be great to walk through Spain like that? And I always thought it was great. The trouble is I can't play the violin or any other musical instrument. And one of my greatest fears in life really is having to do anything like that in public like having to sing a solo i would never do that like having to dance in public having to play music public my just my idea of absolute terror so for about 15 years i shelved the idea but pretty much whenever i was on a trip with someone and you're talking about things and ideas i would always say to people oh, i've got this idea this book it's going to walk through space so i've been talking about it for years and then at the end of 2015 I was on the train on the way to go and do a talk in a school. And I was reading that book, as I tend to do about once a year. And I was going to go talk to this, these kids about, you know, follow your dreams and be brave and take risks and all this sort of stuff. And as I was reading this, I was th thought, 
I'm such a hypocrite. You know, I'm going to go tell kids to go do all this brave, scary stuff, but I'm too scared to go walk through Spain. So that there was that thing in my head. Um, the other thing that had been brewing in my head was my take at what adventure meant to me. So I'd spent years doing big, difficult journeys in scary places in the world and, and doing that for the reasons everyone has always done expeditions, which is to scare yourself and to risk failing and the uncertainty and the unknown and the thrill and the excitement but by doing those for years i kind of got used to all of that stuff um to the point where i remember flying out to greenland to go do a trip on the ice out there and being a bit ashamed at how matter of fact it felt to me wow this is not what it's meant to be so i had that in my head but it was the, the turning point was on this train and i just thought oh, i'm so pathetic and i just thought I should do something about this. So I got out my phone and I Googled find a local violin teacher near to where I live. Um, and I just sent her this quick email on my phone, something like, um, I want to go walk across Spain next summer uh, with no credit card, no money, only the violin to busk and pay my way. Please can you teach me the violin before then so I don't starve to death and sent it off. Uh, and that was it. I didn't really think anything of it. And then she wrote back. And uh, she says, this is a very stupid idea. The violin takes years to learn. You can't possibly learn it in seven years. You're demeaning my profession. No, she didn't say that. It's a, it'll take years to learn. You can't possibly do it. Come to my house tomorrow morning and we will begin. <laughs> so the next morning, so I got this email. And the next morning, I just drove to the local town, walked into the, straight into the music shop and said, I want to buy a violin. And he started asking me all these questions. I'm like, no, 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 just the cheapest violin. Got it, paid, walked out of the shop, <laughs> went to this lady's house, turned up at her house <laughs> and uh, started, started to learn the violin. Um, and I uh, quickly realised that, that, that I'd really bitten off quite a lot because I, you know, the violin sounds terrible for little kids. I hadn't really, I kind of thought, I'm an adult, I'm quite competent, I'm willing to work hard, I'm quite coordinated. Few weeks, I'll be onto the Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen, and away we'll go. And I really, genuinely thought that in I had seven months. I really thought I could learn, not a lot, but I reckoned I could learn five songs. It'd be a bit boring to play the same ones over and over, but I could just play five songs, and I'd get enough money, it'd be fine. And that first lesson changed everything. Just realizing, wow, the violin sounds horrible, and. <sighs> It's really, really hard. I remember getting into the lesson and it's it's actually, now I've played for a while, it's probably hard to do it as bad as I did, but at the very first, oh, that sounds quite good. Oh, I'm just too good now. That's quite horrible, but it sounded way, way, way worse than that. It's hideous. And I just thought this is a disaster. But I persevered, so I practiced for an hour every single day. Only once did I miss practice. And then D-Day came and I turned up in Spain. And I was so scared. I really, because I was really terrible at the violin when I got there and I really thought I'd bitten off more than I could chew. And I remember vividly standing up the first morning in Vigo, the town where Laurie Lee started in Spain. And that morning I'd emptied the final few coins from my pocket and left them on a park bench and walked away. So I had no money. And never in my life before I'd had nothing. And I realised as I start, stood there that I was, it was the most scared I'd been since the day I set off to row across the Atlantic. And that really struck me what an interesting trip this was. I mean, rowing the Atlantic is quite a scary thing to do. 
what was I scared of there? I was just standing in a nice warm little plaza in a nice little town in Spain, but I was terrified. And I realized that I was scared of failing, um, of just the whole idea not working. Um, but I was scared of what people would think about me, uh, people laughing at me, thinking, worrying that people like me shouldn't be doing stuff like this. I just felt so vulnerable. And, and that was the moment when I really thought, yeah, this is proper adventure. This is genuine adventure for me these days. Um, it's not landing in a ski plane in Greenland, it's standing in a little village in Spain playing violin. And I started playing and it was just a terrifying, horrible, humiliating few hours. It was awful. But eventually this man gave me a coin and I, it was the, just an incredible thrill and someone gave me a coin. And before the trip, I nearly hadn't dared even start and I'd made a deal with myself to not think about the whole trip. Just get one euro. I thought if I can get one euro, whether that's by playing it or finding it on the street or stealing it, if I can get one euro, then I could buy a bag of rice. Bag of rice, I can walk for a week. In that week, I can figure everything out and then we'll worry about the rest later. But on the very first morning in Vigo, this man gave me a euro. Wow, all of my dreams have come true on the first morning. Um, and I was off. And so from then on, I actually earned three euros that morning. I couldn't believe how rich I was. And I went to the supermarket with my treasure. Three euros, I could, you can buy so much for three euros. I calculated all the prices. I bought a bag of rice and bits and bobs. And off I went. Um, and it was the most... I, had a, I did a month, about 500 miles, walking to Madrid, and it was probably the most enjoyable month of my entire life, just to be living so simply. I earned, in the whole month, I earned 125 euros, which is way, way, way more than I thought I would at the start. You can live pretty well on that, but very, very simply. So just living simply, I was walking through these beautiful hills and mountains and rivers and meadows and the hot plains, uh, I was very fit, it was just a simple life, I just had to turn up in villages and play the violin, it was absolutely magical. And uh, and I made it to, all the way to Madrid, um, and uh, the final thing I had to do when I got to Madrid was just play in this town plaza to earn enough for a beer, and I finally, I got my two euros fifty for a beer, went to a bar, spent that, I left the, fi the final few coins, like the change from beer, I gave back to the waiter in this great gesture, which he probably just didn't even notice a few grubby coins. But for me, it was like, people have been so kind to me for a month. I came with nothing. I give you my final money. I end with nothing. It's my kind gesture to a stranger because it was just the generosity of strangers that had got me through this trip. And it was wonderful just to get to the finish, to have a beer and to have absolutely nothing what I started with. Just, well, I guess a load of memories from... I think the three greatest adventures of my life have been four years cycling around the world because that was just epic and it was my first big adventure. Then walking around the M25 for a week because that launched me thinking about micro-adventures in a completely new way of adventure. And then a month busking through Spain because that taught me that my definition of adventure could be very flexible. And it was a brilliant experience. Should I play your song to finish with? So I uh, yeah, came back from the trip, I persevered for a little bit, did my grade one exam, which was a terrifying, terrifying, humiliating experience. I passed, I've got my certificate on my shed wall, but I have to confess I've now retired, so I'm making excuses, my bad play. This though is my speciality tune. 
the Muppet Show, the Muppet Show soundtrack. I think it's very apt. Oh, hang on, that's it good. Oops. Hang on, let me start again. Fantastic. Such a cool trip. Oh, it, was, it was such a good trip. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out theadventurepodcast.co.uk. The podcast is produced by Cold House in association with Sidetrack Magazine. It's presented by Matt Pycroft and produced by Pip Saunders and Tom Cargriffin. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us at info at theadventurepodcast.co.uk.